It's time for The Drive's Top 5 at 5. Quitting time on your Wednesday, 5 o'clock here on Fan Run Radio. It's Russell Smith, Bear, and Houston Cress with you on a Wednesday afternoon edition of the show. Tucker Harlan is here. He's got your Top 5 at 5 brought to you by North Knox Siding and Windows. Tucker. Thank you, Russell. At number one, the attorney generals from the states of Tennessee and Virginia have filed a federal lawsuit against the NCAA. The suit comes as a result of an impending investigation by the NCAA into the University of Tennessee's NIL collective, Spire Sports. Spire in the crosshairs. Spore? Spore on the the come up. Bear's already (laughs) applied for spokesman status of Spore. Sport, you, guys don't think I, you guys don't think I could be a, a good front man for one of these outfits? No, I, I really don't think you could I would have made one. a great bag man. Yeah, that's not a front man. That's that's the guy in the shadows lurking. We don't put him out front. That's the guy, if you get pinched, the the people who are at the front say, yeah, we don't know who that guy is. I've never heard of him, Bear. You ever, you ever heard of Bear? He's not, I've never heard of Bear. Bear and Fungus. Match you, made you, in heaven. Bear would be the, the organization's mule. Do what? The mule, the runner. No. The bag man. Be the fixer. Hmm. Well, what, what do you want here? <laughs> I feel I like be you, the fixer. What is the fixer? What are you fixing? The fixer fixes problems that, you know, need to... What, what kind of problems? Is sport, sport is still just a... In its infancy, in the gestation it's just period, emerging. And, and it's already got problems. You never know. Hmm. Always be prepared. It's like a Boy Scout. I'm confused. At number two, Dalton Connect has been named to the Wooden Award late season top twenty watch list. The fifth year guard is one of three SEC players to make the cut, alongside Auburn's Janai Broom and Kentucky's Antonio Reeves. The only other leagues with at least three selections are the ACC with four, the Big 12, and Big East. Yeah, but the yeah, maybe true, but you know the rest Sears of the team is shot. tanking. He's he's to the so he's to the final twenty because it starts with like two hundred guys, right? Yeah. So he's to the final twenty. What what is the next cut down? Do they get it down to ten, or do they go? Uh, they get it down to four eventually, right? Yeah. So. You just got to keep scoring, man. I mean, exactly. like the if you're looking for a silver lining or just an offshoot, it's like, oh, it's like he did score 31 last night. And so he's not going to do anything to damage his chances for that. Is, th- is that something that's important to you guys, the Wooden Award? I mean, it'd be awesome if he won it. Yeah. But it's not something you're. I think the Naismith. I think the Naismith is the one that would be the. I thought the Wooden Award was the better one. I thought it was the Naismith. Yeah, you can miss out on it and have a great NBA career still. What's the Heisman of college basketball? Is it the Wooden or the Naismith? I thought it was the Wooden. Wooden. I've always thought it was Wooden too. Right. Maybe it's well. Naismith. I don't know. I could be wrong. They're both very good uh, awards. Very prestigious. <laughs> never really had anybody. Yeah, I know. No conversation. No been like close. This. Yeah, I mean, like Grant maybe had mentions. I don't even think. Yeah, he might have made like the last 12 or so, but I don't know that he was runner-up or even third or fourth. Yeah, I can't remember that either. Uh, At number three, the Seattle Seahawks have found their next head coach in Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. 
At 36, McDonald is the NFL's youngest head coach. Under McDonald this season, Baltimore surrendered a league low in points per game at 16.5 while leading the league with 65 sacks and 31 turnovers. These defensive guys, though, it's just like, who's your OC going to be? And then if he has any sort of success, he's going to get a head coaching job and you're in the market for another OC. That's what got Vrabel. It's tough, man. Well, I think there were other things involved with Vrabel. Um, you know, you had the whole control aspect yeah. of the organization with the roster. Yeah, but, but there were some if, other things there. But if you had hired, if you had been able to attract an, an OC as good as Arthur Smith was, and they went through two of them, and, and Todd Downing and, and, and Tim I Kelly. I think it's Tim Kelly is Vrabel's guy too. If if he had been able to keep that, but. He wasn't going. You see what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. Arthur Smith got the head coaching job, and not like the talent really changed. I mean, you lost Luan. Your your O-line thing went down, but he's the same quarterback, same running back, and receivers are like what they were. Yes, you did lose A.J. Brown. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be hard for defensive coaches in this iteration of the NFL to be head coaches. At number four, despite the fact Bill Belichick didn't land a job in this hiring cycle, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said there is no doubt he could work with Belichick in the future. I know him personally, and I like him, Jones said. There's no doubt in my mind we could work together. None. That's got to be real comforting for Mike McCarthy, knowing that the greatest coach, or the winningest coach anyway, of all time is going to be casting a shadow over your franchise for the next entire season. It, basically, go to the Super Bowl, or people are going to be clamoring to be see you replaced by Bill Belichick. The future? Like, how much future <laughs> does Bill Belichick have in the NFL? Uh, how much future does Jerry Jones have on planet Earth? The guy's got That's one foot point. in the grave. That's a good point. And finally, at number five, a woman fell into a dumpster while throwing out her garbage and was later rescued from a trash truck that had compacted the contents while she was inside. Fire department officials she's said lucky. in New Hampshire. Oh, she's unlucky, but she's lucky she didn't die. Yeah. So luckily, neighbors heard her screams in the trash <laughs> compartment and no. was equipped with a camera. Uh, the driver spotted the woman stuck inside and called 911. By then, the driver had, quote, reportedly compacted the garbage up to four times. Did she have, like, a metal bar or something like in that scene from Star Wars where she was able to just kind of wedge it in between mm-hmm. there? That didn't really work. So they, she eventually gets out of there, but she's not coherent enough to answer any kind of questions. They, they took her to the hospital. Oh, my God. This is How long was she in there? So she fell in the dumpster, got put in the trash truck, compacted, yeah. and then found. Four times. Oh, my God. She got, she got squashed four you times. imagine. Did not mention anything of bodily injuries because the name was not released. All the trash in your face face and your hair the just juices, the juices. <laughs> your orifices just everywhere oh, I can't breathe. It's, it's the star wars scene gone completely wrong terrible uh, i'm glad she's alive yeah she's fine she'll have a, quite the story to tell yes she will grandma tell us about the time you got stuck in the garbage truck i had just cleaned the litter box and woof Ugh. Thank you, Tucker. That is the top five at five. It's brought to you by North Knox Siding and Windows. Anything on the outside of your home, folks, this is the year to replace it. You've had uh, that siding. Oh, I want to replace that. You've been saying it for years. 
Maybe you've got a leaky roof. Maybe you've got drafty windows, whatever. We've all got those things, right, on our house that it's like, uh, I've been saying I'm going to fix that slash replace that for years. This is the year. This year, 2024, we get it done, and we get it done with North Knox Siding and Windows, Knoxville's number one choice for all your home exterior projects. If you've been putting off replacing your old siding and windows, a door, roof, anything on the outside of your house, now is the time to get it fixed. It all starts with a free estimate. That's right. You call North Knox Siding and Windows. They'll send a guy out to your house. They'll take a look around and give you a detailed estimate exactly how much you can expect to pay, how much it's going to cost, and you're going to get the best prices in Big Orange Country at North Knox Siding and Windows. Give them a call. Tell them Fan Run sent you. 865-689-0505. 689-0505. Or go online to northknoxsidingandwindows.com. Josh Pate of the Late Kick 24-7 Sports coming up here in a mere matter of moments. David on Twitter says, just think, if the NCAA had moved on Texas A&M earlier, it could have saved itself $80 million. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I shouldn't laugh. Better them than us. Phil is next. Good afternoon, Phil. What's up, Philly? That's nice of the way he treated the Paul Scheller a few months ago. I mean, he was unhinged. Well, I was out drinking with him earlier. I, I see why. Oh, so you guys are smashed at 510. I'm not smashed, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling no pain. I had to do something forget about that Rich Bruins uh, fiasco last night. Oh, not you, Phil. Come on. Actually, I, I will say, because I was uh, a friend of mine, I, I was in a dark place last night. After that game, after a voluntary reaction, and I couldn't just go to sleep. And I was t- a friend of mine was like, I was so mad. Like he went to the gym. <laughs> he said he wor- like worked out hard for like two <laughs> hours. It was like ten to midnight. And I oh. said, well, I I had a couple of drinks <laughs> and uh, and watched a bunch of fight videos on huh. on Twitter. That's how <laughs> that's how I coped. That was my coping mechanism, Phil. I say Barnes was uh, kind of lucky, though. All that NCAA stop dropped for the ball game, and then now nobody even realizes we got beat by South Carolina last night. I don't think that's true. I think everybody's well aware of what happened last night over there, Phil. But it, but he's right. It takes the sting away. We're we're not melting down about it like we would be. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That is, that is true. They pretty much cost themselves an NCAA regular season championship last night by losing that game. We'll see. I mean, that 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 is the disappointing part. Is you're in a race for this championship. It's a chance to hang hang a banner. We got this really good team, this really good player, and everything seems to be falling into place. But and you know you're going to lose some games. Like hmm. I'm kind of expecting to lose at Alabama. I'm kind of expecting to lose Saturday. If we're being honest, at, at Kentucky, yeah. there there are games that you know you're you. Nobody's running through this thing undefeated. You're going to have losses, but they can't be at home. They yeah. can't be at home and. Quite frankly, they can't be to teams that you beat by 40 twice last year. Well, I said on the uh, Jack the Snake show that uh, this team is a, a, a is a bubble team without Don't Connect. Now they're not right now. They're not even a bubble team with the garbage we got going oh, on there. Oh come on, Phil! We're two they're seed horrible. in bracketology, not a bubble team. No, you're saying without Connect. 
if we don't have Kinnick, we're, we're, I mean, okay. what, I mean, look at all the things. People didn't show up last night in Viscovy. has 10 points. He's sitting on the bench in the game. What was that all about? I don't know, man. Did he say the wrong thing in the huddle? Did he not pop a breath mint, something? I mean, what was the – I've never, like – Apparently there was – maybe it was that airballed three. Apparently Barnes got on to him for that, but people had said that Barnes has been telling him to shoot more, shoot more, shoot more. Yeah. But he didn't like that shot, and Viscovy yeah, may have given him the shot. the hands up, like, what do you want me to do? Oh, and then you get oh. the hook. Well, why didn't – explain to me why Meshack wasn't on the floor. He, he was. We well, subbed well, him well, offense defense. Yeah. Playing power forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was last seen getting uh, buried by what? their big big man down low. What's he supposed to do there? I didn't see enough contact for a foul either time. I just don't know what he's supposed to do. Well, you need a bigger guy on him. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. <laughs> basically, I'll be guarding these uh, guys that are hitting wide on threes out there mm. in South Carolina. Why is it that uh, there's certain games where uh, when we're switching, we're – Certain teams just seem to completely take advantage of that. I mean, it's basketball. Yeah, like, probably play his worst game ever at Tennessee. Well, we, you know, we, we give up that late three. That sucks. But we held them to 63 points, guys. Like, that's that is what we are supposed to do. And if three we make shots just didn't fall. We mm -hmm. make four or five more. I'm not even worried about the threes. I'm worried about the, the damn layups yeah. and the free throws. If we just yeah. make a handful of those, we win this game. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm just tired of Barnes, guys. I'm getting my Barnes fatigue, aren't you? I remember when Fulmer, you just knew the right was on the wall. The right is on the wall here. Oh, There's come reason on, why Phil. Texas got rid of Rick Barnes. Phil, it, I'm smoking, guys. You really, you're screwed. It's one game. It's a huge loss. It, it's disappointing, but we're ranked number five in the country. You, you, you understand number five next week. No, but you, you understand you are calling for a coach of a top ten team in America to be fired. You understand how crazy that sounds. I ain't it crazy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't lose any sleep if I got rid of. What happens if they pull off the win and rup? Okay, you gonna bet some money on it. I won't throw money on it. That's exactly. That's what I thought. Oh. I'll tell you what, though, guys. Y'all are more intelligent than those uh, co-hosts on the uh, Jack Snake shows. Those guys, I, I know Russell, uh, y'all trained uh, Marcus. I, him and that uh, Brett, they don't, they don't know where they got up in the morning. They, they, they know nothing about sports. <laughs> I no feel – <laughs> Phil, I, I can't allow you to come on here and just question the intellect of my coworkers. I, I can't do that. What kind of friend would I be if I allowed that to happen? Well, when they call you all the view, see. Just because that's one person doing, that calls we, us the view. We we've got to be the mature ones. We're the adults of of this station uh houston you're now one of the old guys you're you're past the age of 35 you're staring you down your, the barrel uh, of 40 you're married like we have to we have to be the ones to project an air of maturity and quite frankly authority around these hallowed hallways of the old fan run white claw hard seltzer studios i mean sure i could i could get on here and say that jake miller is a immature hilljack from Campbell County. I could say that, but I'm not going to. I mean, that would be unprofessional. I could say that Marcus Young 
has all the personality and, and intensity of a box of carpet tacks. I could say that. I'm not, I'm not going to, though. I'm not going to. I could say that Brett Hollander has all the tact and good-naturedness of a machine gun. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that because that would be insulting to my coworkers. You, you see how that works, Phil. I, it, I'm I mean, sorry. It, I can't allow that kind of thing to continue. Even though it's true. Yeah. All those things are true. Machine gun. It's a pretty good one. Coming up, our friend Josh Pate of the Late Kick. Pate State. Joins the festivities. Uh, he had some pointed words for the NCAA on his show last night. We'll pick his mind, let him tell you what he thinks about Tennessee's latest uh, pickle, if you want to call it that, that they've gotten themselves into. And uh, we will discuss with Pate coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. Stay with us. The Drive. Hello, Fan Run listener. Back here on The Drive, it's Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear, Houston, cruising with you. Young Tucker Harlan here in the old White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios of Fan Run Radio. Pleased to be joined by our buddy Josh Pate, host of The Late Kick, now on the program. Good afternoon, Josh. How are you, sir? Look, I'm not going to go as far (laughs) as to say anyone is rooting for what's happening right now. Certainly no one's rooting for it in Knoxville. However, if I tell you it's got to happen in your line of work, could it not happen at a better time than late January, early February? It 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 is gift from uh, you know sports radio heaven. We just had a caller bring up the point that you know Tennessee uh, we're number five in basketball. Tennessee is here right now, uh, Josh. They lost to an unranked South Carolina team. We've talked about that like not at all today. Yeah. So Rick Barnes is very happy about this too. Right, so so basically no one in Knoxville outside of Rick Barnes. But I was thinking about that yesterday. I thought about you guys because, contrary to popular belief, we had already booked this before all this came out. And um, I thought, wow, like what a confluence of events and what a time for it to happen. Because otherwise, this time of year and then May and June, kind of a kind of a weird moment where you may find yourself accidentally talking about the NHL All-Star game, but not this year. No, no, we got plenty to discuss. Josh, is this the reckoning? Is this the moment where the NCAA kind of collapses in on itself? I mean, if they can't regulate NIL and they can't regulate recruiting, then what's left for them to do? Well, mall security, you know, and I say that. (laughs) Get them a bunch of segues and go to town? Well, well, think about mall security. Mall security is not cracking any big cases. I mean, they're not lowering from the ceiling on cables, but it's nice to have mall security around. It, pre- it at least presents the illusion of security. This is no knock on mall security. I know a lot of great mall security guards probably listening to the show right now, but that's because they're not actually securing anything. And I view the NCAA's role in the future as sort of mall copish. Uh, certainly they're not equipped and haven't been for a while, by the way, to police this. Now, here's where I'm going to stop short, and I could be. I could be wrong. I just don't want to be preemptive on this. I am not joining a lot of my comrades today on the national scene and saying, this is it. This is the death blow. 
because I think it's a series of body punches that are serving mm. as the collective death blow for the NCAA. I think this may be the highest profile example. Uh, number one, because it's a major university, and number two, it was so immediate. Like, Donnie Plowman got that thing mid-morning, at least as far as the public can see, and basically went to lunch and came back and said, all right, blowtorch time, let's go. And um, she, she treated it like Michigan should have treated the previous stuff under Harbaugh, not the Spygate stuff, but the stuff before that. So I think that it's raising a lot of eyebrows, yeah. I also am not stupid enough to understand there's a counter to this argument. And I've seen a lot of people make this today, and that argument sounds like this. Well, all you people are so excited to see the the uh, NCAA crumble. Have you thought about what college athletics is going to be like without it? Have you thought about what kind of mechanisms there will be in place for governance and policing after that? I've thought about it. Yeah, I have thought extremely uh, deeply about that. My arrive, my conclusion that I arrive at is. There is no world right now where college sports isn't messy moving forward. Um, I am a believer that ultimately the conferences will police themselves and be far more effective in that approach than the NCAA can, given the current and future landscape of college athletics. So I think it's a really big deal. I certainly just like outright applaud Tennessee and how they decided to go about it. And I don't think you'll ever again see a university question what our approach should be. The, the Plowman approach, as they will henceforth call it, that's the approach. <laughs> the Plowman doctrine has been established this week here in uh, college athletics. And, Josh, uh, we, we just keep coming back to, like, it, is there a point in time where Sankey, you know, Sankey plays his cards close to the vest. He may have already started this process. He probably has. Like, we won't know about it. But does does he get in a room with his counterpart at the Big Ten and they just say, look, you know, people keep talking about revamping the NCAA. What about just leaving? What about just, you know, we're going to start our own thing, the SEC and the Big Ten is kind of what you're hinting at. And you know the 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 Clemson's and Florida States of the world, like they'll they'll come along too because once the SEC and the Big Ten leave, the what's left behind collapses, and you know those contracts, the grant of rights or whatever, I would imagine that crumbles pretty quickly. Um, I think, and I I think this because I've talked to people. I think every informed person in the room believes we're headed that direction. They can't give you a timeline on it. They can't give you what the trigger mechanisms will be or the inflection points. Um, a couple of them they go to is, number one, the 2026 and beyond playoff contract, which is not decided at all yet. Uh, that's one of them. And number two is this whole thing with the ACC right now. And um, let just I don't want to get off track, so bring me back to what you said about the ACC and FSU in a second. But in general terms, yes, I think they're aware that that's, probably where we're headed but i uh as far as the tennessee thing goes i do think greg think he's got strong feel on this i don't know if he's vocalized it yet i just think there is no world where the ncaa ends up ever coming down hard on a member institution in the sec again in the form they used to and the sec league office allows it i just don't think they're going to let him do it and so that's that on that front on the other front, yes, I do think there is a general understanding between the SEC and the Big Ten that we're going to be too big to fail moving forward, and we're also, therefore, probably big enough where we've outgrown governance from the NCAA 
I mean, Norfolk State has a say right now yeah. in the rules that are enforced in the NCAA, which is just insane. And so, you know, as member institutions, it's up to you as a conference, as commissioners, as, as presidents, it's up to you to not complain about it. We can do that. You've got to create a counter model. And I think that's well down the road of being done. I just don't know when the start button gets hit on it. You know, the, the funny part here uh, today, Josh, is that nobody's surprised by today's news, right? That the that the that Tennessee and Virginia are, are suing. People were surprised by yesterday's news. It's like, you know, the NCAA on double eight. You're doing what? You're going after Tennessee for NIL? Really? We're doing this? I think everyone that follows college sports immediately thought, well, Tennessee's going to sue their way out of this. The surprise is that the NCAA decided to pick this fight in the first place. It's just such a tone deafness. I mean, it is such an unwillingness to recognize reality. But look, I'm, I used to make this mistake with politicians all the time. When I was a kid and my dad would have C-SPAN on, I used to listen to these people talk. And politicians are really good at creating their own language, which makes normal stuff sound really complex, which creates the illusion that you need them to live your life for you. So I used to listen to C-SPAN as a five-year-old and think, wow, man, these people are so smart. They're so bright. They're so above and beyond the normal man. They're not. In many cases, they're less talented. They couldn't make it in any merit-based industry, so they climbed up a ladder of bureaucracy. Well, the NCAA is not much different in many, many avenues of that organization. And so while you and I may sit here and be surprised, that the NCAA was dumb enough to pull that trigger, you shouldn't be surprised. Some of these people aren't that talented. They are not bright people. And I don't. I, I know that sounds disparaging. I'm just speaking matter-of-factly. When you see behind the curtain a little bit on this, yeah. it's, like, it's like seeing the man behind the curtain, and all of a sudden you realize, wait, that's what this was the whole time? This, this fog in front of me was covering that up the whole time? And then it makes a lot more sense. Josh, do you think there's any chance the the NCAA backs down here? Is you know swallows their pride and and doesn't send Tennessee a notice of allegations, or are they too far down this road? I don't know about that. Um, you know, because I think their modus operandi may be sort of like nailing Jello to the wall any given day. They don't even know, like they can't define it, and so it could be that you see them do that. Now that would be sort of unprecedented. But you know what? Feeding a mouthpiece media entity something before you even send a notice of allegations is also fairly unprecedented. But they did it. And so there are a lot of things happening now and will continue to happen that, that we look at and say, wow, that's not the way it used to be done. So if they're smart, they will. I don't necessarily know that intelligence is what got us here in the first place, so I'm not sure they will exercise that from here moving forward. Um, but look, it's very obvious Tennessee is not bluffing. Uh, and the yeah. NCAA may or may not be. I can tell you Tennessee's not. They're, they're willing to fight that thing to the absolute death, and I don't think it's mutually assured destruction either. I do think there's assured destruction. I just don't think it's mutual in this case. Well, and uh, you just wonder if you know they've been used to operating and people don't push back very much. They've been pushing back a little bit more, you know, some pe- you know Michigan and obviously and uh, some of these other schools going back to North Carolina and uh, the that whole long drawn out fiasco, but it, it just feels like, and and maybe it's because Tennessee was so cooperative with the Jeremy Pruitt 
saga that they felt, well, this is Tennessee, this is Donnie Plowman, and like we just they 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 work with us, right? And I wonder if the oh, stance go along with us, yeah. Well, yeah, if the stance that's been taken here publicly all of a sudden leads them to reevaluate their position and and how they've gone about it, because the other thing that is interesting here, Josh, is how coordinated this has been from Tennessee. You know, that statement was obviously looked over by by lawyers and uh, other folks. I mean, this, they, they've seen this coming and have had a plan of attack ready to go, and it's been rolled out here the last 48 hours or so. Absolutely. Um, I think one of my biggest takeaways on that was I'm old enough to remember when the Jeremy Pruitt thing happened because it was yesterday, basically. And I think that it needs to be noted nationally for folks who didn't pay much attention to that, Tennessee – and Dondi Plowman herself were pretty quick to admit, yeah, we messed this up. Or we had a figure here who messed this up. But basically, they didn't run from guilt. Like They acknowledged it, said we got it wrong, we got some things to fix, we got to clean up our own in-house here, uh, which makes what they did yesterday stand out all the more. You're right, the NCAA was probably taken aback by them actually having a backbone and standing up because they remember how quickly they capitulated last time. But the thing about that is, it probably let you know last time they knew they were on the hook for something. Something bad had happened, and this time they don't believe that. And I think nationally, some of the feedback I heard that I kind of pushed back on is, well, of course Tennessee's going to say they didn't do anything wrong. Well, what does that mean? Because I've got a very recent example of them doing the opposite. So what if they're just kind of being truthful? You know, what if somewhere along the way the NCAA actually got something wrong? It's a lot easier to defend Josh Heupel than it was uh, Jeremy Pruitt Pruitt. when when, when things are going well. And, you know, I'm sure the... The NCAA is, is probably aware of that, but I mean, you're you're kind of backed into a corner right now if you're you're Tennessee, Josh. I mean, it, it makes no sense to to roll over and play nice with these folks anymore because they probably would throw the book at you a little bit based off repeat offender status. Yeah, you drive by any cemetery and you look out there and look at all those headstones. Those are actually the graves of universities that cooperated with the NCAA. <laughs> That's what cooperating with the NCAA gets you. There yeah. is no benefit in that to me today and moving forward for any program mentioning hypel uh josh just from a football perspective how much if at all does this hurt tennessee in the short term is this something that josh hypel has to explain on the recruiting trail yeah i talked to some folks in the program last night and that, that was kind of the attitude it wasn't doom and gloom or anything it was more along the lines of great now we got to go explain this um not detrimental or anything like that but I do think it's a question that's going to be asked. It is a negative recruiting pitch that will be used. Uh, you've got guys on the roster, including the quarterback in question himself, who you'll, you'll need to make sure that you're kind of arm-in-arm arm linked with on your approach moving forward and making sure everyone's educated on and understands the meaning of everything that's being done. The statements you make as a university, the allegations, what's going to happen moving forward. I think I'll tell you what would also help Tennessee – is if the league office would provide them documentation that essentially says, we got your back. Because if I'm a recruit and I got Josh Heupel and I got that coaching staff telling me, look, first off, we don't think anything's going to come of this as it relates to you, but if you don't believe us, here's our own league backing us up. We're good. That would go a long way in my mind. Yeah, I think we've heard kind of behind the scenes that, uh, again, this was very coordinated by Tennessee. That I, I, I do think they kind of – 
ran that up the flagpole with Sankey and said, hey, here's what we're thinking. This is what we're going to do. And without any public comment, you know, I, I think they were kind of given the, the league's blessing moving forward, which that tells you a lot, too. I think it does. I also I think it's just interesting to kind of juxtapose that to what we saw recently in the Big Ten with Michigan and Tony Petiti, who takes over and immediately has that dumped in his lap and how big a circus that seemed like from a messaging perspective up there. I think a lot of people nationally paid attention and you got a veteran there and Greg Sankey also, who's been around the block a time or two. And so if that's the way it did go down, that's absolutely the way it should go down. Mm. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Josh, uh, you got, you had some great stuff on this. I've seen on social media on, on the late kick, tell folks where they can find uh, your podcast, your show, anything else you got going on. Well, I know there's probably a sentiment there in Knoxville, rightly so, that a lot of the national folks sometimes seem like they're out to get you, axe to grind, etc. cetera. Uh, I, I can't speak for them. I can tell you we don't do it on, over on our show. So you can find it anywhere. Podcast, Late Kick with Josh Pate. YouTube, digital media, Late Kick with Josh Pate. And we do it year-round, man. Nothing but college football. Uh, the NBA is great, and you can find it talked about in many places, but we're just going to stick college football where we are. Go check him out at Late Kick Josh. Josh Pate, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it, guys. Josh Pate making his presence felt Love this Josh. afternoon on the drive. He's got Tennessee's back on this one. And, I, you know, the, we talk about the national media. Like, I think most people have Tennessee's back. Again, That's the. it's not yeah, surprising to no. me that Tennessee came out guns a-blazing the way they did today. It's surprising to me that the NCAA didn't think that Tennessee would come out with its guns a-blazing and went forward with – uh, that stunt they pulled yesterday that Josh referenced, uh, leaking this story out to the national media. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing that um, with the national media, the other thing they're doing about, you know, they're, they're kind of painting it certain people. They're on the list. The only reason we cooperated with the NCAA is so we could get out of, get out of paying uh, yeah. the, the buyout. buyout. Yeah. It's like, dude, I mean, really? I mean, that was a drop in the bucket. I mean, we we pay buyouts here like nobody's business. We got we ended money. Up getting what an eight million dollar fine? Eight million, right? So yeah. So we I mean, saved really, four million dollars, but we really didn't because we probably paid like three right million dollars in legal fees. I think it was a little over a million, yeah. And then just all the, you know, I think for Dondi for for here's the thing we're learning about Dondi. She got some backbone. Mm-hmm. She's in a she's in a position that is inherently political, but she's also got some. I think she didn't want to pay. Pruitt, A, because he sucked and it was an opportunity to get rid of him. I don't think she just want to pay the guy. I don't think yeah. she liked him. I don't think she wanted to cheater. reward his foolishness and his and his dishonesty. I think it was a matter of principle yeah. for her. I agree 100% on that. Quick timeout. The drive continues. 865-546-8200 if you want to jump in. Final segment coming up. Speak now. Forever hold your peace. 546-8200, your number to get on the show this afternoon. The shocking conclusion coming up. Back to wrap things up right after this. The drive. Somebody strangling a cat somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh no, bear's just singing. Yeah. 
Back with us, the yeah, drive continues. Fan run radio. Houston, he's been called the songbird of his generation. <laughs> his voice is like a combination yeah. of Jesus and Fergie. It's true. I don't know. I've heard it. I'd describe it more as caterwauling. Did you hear what you just said? You just <laughs> you just got the lyrics wrong to your favorite band's best song. That's not their best song, number one. Uh, you YouTube just messed it. up the Wonderwall lyrics? No. <laughs> what did he say? Wait, wait, what was the, I need more information. What was the lyric? He's saying give it back to you when it's throw it back to you, right? Oh. Uh, yep. I don't know. Oh, what do you mean? You oh, don't Tucker know? said yeah. Wait a minute, Tucker he said yeah. You're the you... world's biggest Oasis fan. That's yeah. their most well-known sh- song, and you don't know the lyrics. If you're an Oasis fan, you got to know that. Not necessarily. <laughs> That's like not even my top ten of their songs. Okay, but it's everybody's easily their heard most popular song. Times. I don't listen to it as much as everybody else. You play it every day. <laughs> I play the instrumental version. The bearded butthead. Oh, yeah, I said it. <laughs> Lashing out wildly now. I'm going to be borderline inappropriate in a work setting. It's your fault. You got children outside. Like, dude, just. It's got your kid. Just How many words down. did that, guy, that kid know? I mean, he, he was alive during what? The, the, the Butch and Pruitt years. He, he's heard some he's things. He's survived yes. many hardships. Yeah. Russ tried to tell me and he didn't hear it from him. Hmm. Oh, I, I'm not the main. Co- I I keep it cl- pretty clean around the kids. Oh, he went. I keep it cl- pretty he's, clean. He started to say it. I'm not the. I mean, we don't. Uh, I don't want to tear down my better half, but. Yeah, don't do that. I always advise against it. I was saying. She got a mouth like a sailor. I was, uh, she didn't learn it. He, he didn't learn it from listening to me. Maybe some of it. Yeah. Just, Move along. Well, I was just saying, t- definitely take, no, a little, I mean, take a little slice of the pie. Stay here if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> the old white claw. Yeah, my, studios. my wife curses. Okay. I, uh, there it is. What do you want from me? I don't, I don't think she cares what you, what you think about her and her potty mouth. I think she's a wonderful person. One of my so do I. People. Oh, I married her. Factually accurate. Brad is in Nashville. Good afternoon, Brad. You're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Well, gentlemen, um, good to talk to you. As far as uh, last night's game goes, Dalton Connect went for more than 30, and a bunch of terrible crap happened, and we lost, so whatever. Um, the real story Uh Man, one of the favorite comments I saw on the internet today was, hold on, let's see, we brag about killing feds in our fight song, and <laughs> if we're the ones these dorks want to square up with, then so be it. And you know what? I'm I'm totally here for it. It's about time that they call out that the emperor has no clothes. These guys are coming in on us six months after they said we were the paradigm of what a college program should be when dealing with infractions. We did everything we were supposed to do, and all this stuff was a year in the past at that point. And they said we were fine, and then they come back at us saying lack of institutional control. Um, I'm going to censor my language. They can kick rocks. I have no respect for that organization. It's a zombie dead man walking. They're like the Soviet Union in the mid-'80s. They, they don't even know they're dead yet. 
and uh, I don't know what the hell they're trying to pull, man, but we're not going to have it. We're not going to take it. No, we're not going to take it. Well, uh, it's... I don't think we're out of the woods by any stretch of the ma- the imagination. I, I, I'm i not terrified. I mean, like if this had happened years ago, man, I feel like I'm in Doc Brown's time machine. We're having the exact same conversations that we had in 2020, 2021 as, as Brewitt was being let go. But We're used to it. Yeah. Like if, if, if this were coming down 10, 20 years, it'd be over. Uh, you're going to get you, you get on probation for paying players and then you turn around and, and do it again immediately yeah i mean you're going to get a bull ban and they're going to hammer you uh, dozens of scholarships and all these recruiting restrictions and everything but we, we we are just in such a different time and space right now with this college athletics business so uh hopefully not only we can wriggle off the hook but Bring about some change, man. Bring a, uh, a better way of doing things and administering college sports. I know it's hard. Nobody has all the, the perfect answers here, but uh, the change has to happen a little bit faster because uh, it has changed fast, and the way we govern it needs to change fast too. Well, the, hip- the hypocrisy is just so bare. Oh, that statement! Trying to pull this off. <laughs> that statement about protecting student athletes' interests and not uh, be not and exploiting financial them and everything. It's like, what? <laughs> protecting them from buying their mom a new house. It's like, That's what terrible. are we talking about here? The horror! <laughs> what if they get duped into a thirty-year mortgage? <laughs> protecting from from giving them. Uh, Forget the, the mortgage, the, the, man. The, buy the, cash. You know, the the protections and uh, benefits of being uh, classified as an employee, which he's. These guys, these kids are. Every damn one of them. And it's just the emperor has no clothes, man. All their stuff—it's just the chickens are coming home to roost. Yeah, they—they—they they, they, they don't want to give up the money, and they don't want to give up the power. The NCAA tournament makes two to three billion dollars a year for what? I mean, for the NCAA? Like, what, like, what do uh, they do? They, they, they make a bracket that sucks. Yeah, I—I I don't know. They would really—they would. Like they don't make any money off football, correct? So I don't. Know, like, that, football's just a down. pain and a humongous pain in their rear. But there's no way they aren't going to have to. Like we talked about it at the beginning of the show. I mean, the money's getting too big in college men's college basketball, and it absolutely is getting ready to be a problem in college baseball as well. If it's not already, the haves yeah, have and the have-nots don't. But it's it's just the blatant hypocrisy and the fact that these guys just try to act like some kind of boogeyman who just come in and randomly whack teams when you got North Carolina running a fake college and they don't do anything. But, I don't know, Missouri gets hammered whenever they do everything that the NCAA asks them to do. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Well, you know and, what? Um, we're just calling a spade a spade. On North Carolina, after uh... – it was either reading or, or I can't remember which it was. It was, it was one of those guys. Somebody finally explained how North Carolina got around that. It's because the NCAA screwed up. Oh, really? Yes. I knew that their their move was you know to why say regu- regular students took those classes too. Well, yeah, because it, it wasn't because they only charged them with providing impermissible benefits. Oh. And it wasn't an impermissible benefit because North Carolina was smart enough to let anybody that was right. dumb enough to pay that kind of money, you know. <laughs> To come yeah, out with big a, donors. Yeah. And just 
So it wasn't. It was a benefit that was afforded to all students at North Carolina. That's how they got out of it. You give North Carolina enough money, and you too can get a fake college degree. Yeah, but what they got charged with was an impermissible benefit of, of going to a fake school. No, of 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 the athletes were could go to this fake school and stay eligible. And right. the, the impermissible part of it was it, it wouldn't be something afforded to the general student population, right. but it was. That's why they lost. They're complete morons on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, They've done it to themselves countless times. Well, that's the reason they're in this position in the first place is yep. because they just buried their damn head in the sand five years ago whenever that case came down and they said, eh, it'll work itself out. Now, guess what? Um, reality's here, and – you're not going to be able to do and lord over these schools like you used to. If, if, they, if this crap keeps up, the NCAA is not going to be a thing anymore. If it is, it'll be a name only. These guys deserve everything they have coming to them, and um, they can't burn down fast enough. Uh, anyways, that's about all I got. Love you guys. Take it easy. Well, there's, there's also uh, – thanks for the call, Brad. Um, just little things along the way. Like, remember when – what was the kid's name from Louisville – horrendous injury Kevin Ware Kevin Ware and then I think that was the first time where people fully understood the deal that you know these kids are on their parents insurance Mm -hmm. and uh, especially when it comes to like football and the fact that they aren't even it just seemed dirty to me that you aren't even going to cover long-term care for injuries and long-term medical care for injuries these kids sustained while Earning you dump trucks full of money. It's just not right. The NCAA was <laughs> was formed uh, innocently enough by – you go look – like they basically formed the NCAA because Kentucky was cheating in basketball and uh, like shaving points and paying players and all this stuff. And, and people are like, we, we got to have somebody to, to uh, you know, oversee this. <laughs> to keep Kentucky yeah. in line. Yes. And uh, that's Is that how, true? Really? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, you could, um, Walter Byers, is the, he was like the first head of the NCAA. And he, uh, he wrote a great book. Um, and this is like, it's like 30 or 40 years ago. It's called Unsportsmanlike Conduct. And it's the the story of the NCAA. He was the first, like he he was hired to run the NCAA. He's like twenty five years old, straight out of school, and he had like a staff of four people, and it, it was just to administer basketball, and and because Kentucky was like and Center College of New York or something, they were like point shaving scandals and all this mm-hmm. shady stuff and the mobs involved and everything. So they're cleaning it up, but just like any bureaucracy like it grows and it spirals out of control sure and what Byers was saying by the end of it and when when he retired it was like it look you know it's, it's grown out of control it's this big corporation and they're exploiting the players and everything and he basically invented the term student athlete to insulate colleges from having to pay um disability insurance and you know for mm-hmm. a long-term yeah. long-term disability for players that were injured play like like they there was no way it's like when people talk about you know the the federal government oh, there's no way the founders could have envisioned you know whatever technological marvel you want to fill in there in 1776 they couldn't have imagined what life is going to be like in 2024 sure and it's like yeah 
when the NCAA was formed in the 1950s, there's no way they could have envisioned billion-dollar TV contracts and NIL and 300 you know, schools and D1 basketball, like all this stuff that it's grown to. I mean, college and, sports being talked about 24-7. Yeah, and, and now you've got an enforcement staff that's running around chasing its tail in a circle, and well, let's go after Tennessee for, for what? For, for an $8 million NIL deal for sending a plane? We're sending a plane to pick up a kid. He lives in California. How else are we supposed to get him here? And it's just like, what are, what are we doing? So, I mean, you know, it, it in the 1950s, we had to come up with a you know way to keep uh, the the coal miners from ruining college basketball. Well, you know, it's a new set of problems in 2024. We've got to come up with a way to administer the sport of college football, make it look more like the NFL, but it still keeps some sort of academic component tied into it and um and hopefully they're able to do that i will tell you some of the bigger problems today though i can draw a direct line all the way back to kentucky with bear bryant and i mean it's it's the original sin of college sports now learned how to cheat out there at kansas (laughs) under that guy and alabama i mean don't you know the schools that have been allowed to get away with with what they've been allowed to get away with them that plays into it too everybody's fed up russ Mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. All right, folks, a quick 21-hour break. We'll be back tomorrow with another stellar edition. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, Houston. Thank you, Bear. Overtime Bill and the boys are here. They'll take you through the 8 p.m. hour on Fan Run Radio. We'll do it again tomorrow. Talk to you then. The Drive.